This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show, but it's only part of the big show. But uh, it's uh, we're still good. You know, I'm here, Gordon Monson. Austin Horton is producing and featuring Hans Olsen. Special treat having Hans do double duty today. Hans, we appreciate you doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll get into some stuff today that only Hans can analyze. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But right now, Hans, we have Matt Chazanow, Washington State play-by-play voice. Matt? How are you? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great, guys. It's great to talk to you. I'm excited to talk ball. We're just about there. Yeah, we're we're, we're pretty handsome. Where are you on the scale from zero to ten as far as eagerness goes? I'm at a, at a ten point five. Like yeah. it's it's time. I bet you're feeling that way too, Matt. Oh, for sure. I've been a year and a half at a ten point five, boys. <laughs> I can't wait. It's fun for it's fun for this year too because Washington State's actually playing for the Utah State Championship, which is awesome. We've got. <laughs> Utah State, Utah, BYU. I'm disappointed it's not Weber State instead of Portland. We could go with every school in the state of Utah. I don't know why not. So how are the Cougars going to be this year? Have you gotten your mitts around that at all? What a a great question. Mm. What a phenomenal question. I bet Um, it surprises you, right? (laughs) Well, for real, it's easier easier asked than answered. Uh, There's their question marks. The the whole QB situation is still open. I know that sounds wild, and everybody's naming their starters now, but I, th- th- this is still – if somebody jumps out and plays great tomorrow and Friday and even early next week, it's their job. It's going to be either Jared Garantano or Jaden DeLora. Garantano's the Tennessee transfer, and neither of them have, have jumped out and taken it. They have the most experience and probably the most talent. And – It'll be one of those two guys, but it also could be both those guys. I mean, it's just not settled yet. That's a huge part of how good this team will be. The defense is very experienced, a lot of returners, but they haven't been great over the last few years. I feel like they feel like they have something to prove. But the strength of the team, by far, offensive line and running game, it's it's one of the Pac-12's best, and that's locked in. And Max Borgie's a pro. Abe Lucas, are the right tackle, is a pro. They've got a really experienced left tackle. The center, Brian Green, is excellent. So there will be time in the pocket and there will be room to run. Now, Matt, you've done it because Hans is a former NFL offensive lineman. So that's all we're going to talk about. (laughs) Let's just stay right here. Let's just talk about the trench. No, no, (laughs) Let's do it. No, we'll jump outside of that. I I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about Coach Rolovich. I want to know, there's three groups of people I'm interested in how they've responded to him coming in as a head coach. The players, the administration, and the fans. How is he being received, and, and what type of connection does he have with those three areas right now? The players really love him. You know, he's a player's coach. He would tell you that. He's a really – and he's a really nice guy. He's a really affable. Is sort of a, a very disarming – you know, some coaches can be kind of aloof, a little, little bit above the fray. He's not that guy. He's very, very kind – 
firm handshake, looks you in the eye, really pleasant, loves to talk. You know, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on off the field that I think is really public with the administration, and that's that's been um, something they need to work on and figure out how to resolve some things. And um, and then, you know, the, the fans, I think, aren't really sure what to make of the whole situation because he's only been here – well, he's been here for a year and a half. He's only played four games. And I think there's just inherent in that a lot of question marks. I think COVID threw a whole wild curveball to everybody, but – maybe even more so to teams that didn't have continuity. You know, everybody knows what Kyle Whittingham and the program and the vision are for over a decade. That's not the case with Nick Rolovich and, and Washington State. So I think fans are they, – they, they know he's a really nice guy and, and they know that he had success at Hawaii. And I, I think it's sort of almost like a first year of sorts still for him from a fan perspective. Does anybody even talk about Mike Leach anymore? Mike Leach made a really lasting impact here because of how much success he had. I mean, Mike Leach will, in his own way, never be forgotten. One, for all the things he said off the field and all the, you know, he's quirky and fun and really, really bright and, and says different things that are, he says things that are unique. And, um, but he, he's a heck of a football coach. I mean, five straight bowls, almost went to the Pac-12 title multiple times, was just a win away. So, you know, I don't think there's like a, a, you know, it's been almost two years now since he moved on to Starkville. So it's the fans understand that it's time for a new era. But, you know, Mike Leach had incredible success here. And, and I think a lot of fans really admire the way he ran the air raid, the way he has a structure and a system, what he did at Texas Tech happened again in Pullman and I would expect it to happen again in Starkville. Who's more beloved, Mike Price or Mike Leach? Oh man, they're so different. I mean Mike Price comes back a lot. Mike Price is a is, is one of the most beloved coaches, I think, for any program in America. It's it's almost a little unfair to Mike Leach. Mike Price is one of my favorite people. He's one of every Coog's favorite coaches and favorite people. And he, he was here for almost 15 years, um, two Rose Bowls, a great, just a great guy. And, and I think, you know, if you're going to go with a, a superlative list of lovability, I mean, I don't know if Mike Price is, um, is compared with anybody in any program anywhere. It's just such a he's, – he's such a warm – warm person so you know i i don't know I, I hate to compare guys that way in that way it's a tough question but mike price is very loved you know it's interesting uh, that we bring those two names up because i had an opportunity to interview both of them at length and i went down to utah when mike was down there and spent the day with him matt and we just we just i followed him around all day long and it, it was really really interesting and i learned a lot about football from his mind and uh, about his personality and what he thought was important. And, of course, that was after what happened to him at Alabama. And so we talked a little bit about that. And I learned as much about quarterback play from Mike Leach inside of an hour as I have ever known before. And he was, I'll never forget, he was fixing a bike. And he was right in the middle of breaking down. While you're interviewing Yes. Him? And right in the middle of breaking down uh, the uh, you know the the most important aspects to quarterback play, he'd start swearing because he had the wrong wrench in his hand or something. <laughs> he was fascinating, and I'm sure you really got a kick out of that up there for all those years. So let me ask you this: How 
what is the ceiling for Washington State football? I mean, if you were, we were talking about on the reg, season after season after season, uh, is this is this a football program that could be at the pack of the, the top of the Pac-12, or is this a football program that every once in a while will peak up there, but uh, not not regularly? I love this question. I, I have a, I have strong opinions about this question. I am admittedly biased, but there are things Washington State could do that. Let's take a step back even further. The Pac-12 is very similar to the ACC. And the Pac-12 lives in a footprint much like the ACC, but there's no SEC out here on top of it. So the Pac-12 owns the, the West Coast. There's no doubt about that. Washington State feels very parallel in a lot of ways to a couple ACC schools. And one of them is Virginia Tech. Blacksburg is a lot like Pullman. It has similar geographic advantages or disadvantages, depending on how you look at it. They have a, a football-heavy history and uh, basketball facilities that are comparable, et cetera. Washington State could do certain things, and I think intends to, and they're, they're working on building new facilities and upgrading and augmenting what Mike Leach did here to try to do what – you started out by saying, and that is to perennially, you know, to annually win the pack, or try to win the pack. And that is, if you look back at Washington State's history, three straight 10-win seasons, Mike Price with the, the two Rose Bowls, incredible quarterbacking history with, with really, it's Washington State and, and Stanford that have the, the two best Pac-12 quarterbacking histories if you look back at the talent that's been through here. And I, I think they feel like the anomaly here and the real problem was the long dip that they had in the early aughts. And the rest of it is a fairly rich history. They feel like the 67-year Rose Bowl gap that was snapped in 97 should be uh, a thing of the past. And, and Washington State's other school that if they build it right and hire the right coaches and, and keep good going here is Clemson. Now, I know that sounds hyperbolic, but... There are a lot of similarities to what Tommy Bowden was doing at Clemson and what Mike Leach did at Washington State. You know, Clemson, it used to be Clemsoning it was, was losing to a school you weren't supposed to and knocking yourself out of contention in the ACC. That was what was going on under Bowden. They were really good. They were seven, eight, nine win teams with pros in a remote area, in an academically inclined league with a lot of similarities. And they hired Dabo and then they fundraised and built the right things and it really popped clemson is new as this kind of football power they were not always doing what they're doing so i think that's overlooked i think that perspective is missed that would be a, a height never before reached for washington state to consistently and always do that but i think the administration's going for that i think they feel like they can you brought up a, a really interesting aspect of that and that is the hiring and retaining of dabo swinney you know, you talk about the importance of coaching in the Pac-12 and how many coaches we've seen cycle through. Every time we're at the Pac-12 Media Days, we're introducing two or three new Pac-12 coaches, and it's just really hard to find the mix. And, and that, that's why I asked so many questions about Rolovich. I'm a huge fan of Rolovich and, and what he does. And I've always loved interviewing him at Mountain West Conference Media Days when he was with Hawaii. But the question is, can he win with Washington State? I think that that's a big question there. 
I think it's TBD. I mean, it, you know, I'd be, uh, I think he certainly can. I don't think there's any doubt he can. And he proved winning multiple games over packed schools with Hawaii that they can beat packed teams and the run and shoot works when it's run correctly. And, and the run and shoot in and of itself is a really fascinating topic and what he wants to install here. But uh, I, I think that the program in terms of year to year annually can they they don't even real I think Coug fans don't even realize how good it can get and they want to go back to the Rose Bowl they've been there they weren't there so long ago and they've been close with, with Mike Leach and um, you know it's funny the Sun Bowl team you mentioned Mike Price saw Mike Price a ton when the Cougs were constantly in contention for the Sun Bowl he was a Sun Bowl representative and he still has a house in Coeur d'Alene and Mike Price is uh, an integral part of the fabric of being a Coug. And, and he, you know, he, he, he reminds Coug fans like it wasn't that long ago and he did it passing the ball. And there's, there's this, there's this really fun, rich contemporary history of Cougar football success that, that, you know, wasn't resourced properly under Paul Wolf. They, they know that they know how it can kind of bottom out. Uh, it shouldn't ever again to that point at least not anytime soon. And, um, and that would happen only if it was, you know, you got to take the foot way off the gas pedal and they're not going to do that. So uh, they're excited here. They, they just want, they want to get kicked off is what they really want. They want to hand the ball off to Max Borgie and, and try to get some football wins. Matt Chazanow, the, uh, the voice of the Washington state Cougars joins us here on the big show. Matt, let me ask you. You mentioned that uh, that the Cougars are going to face BYU, Utah, and Utah State. Do you have any thoughts on those opponents? Well, BYU is really good. They, you know, I don't know if they're as good as they were last year. Zach Wilson's been really good in preseason for the Jets. He was a phenomenal QB. Utah State, new head coach, but some honorable mention returning all Mountain West guys on D. I think they went portal for their quarterback. So, you know, the Aggies aren't picked highly in the Mountain West, but Blake Anderson's a really good coach. I, I really think that Utah State is going to come in here looking to, to win a football game. I mean, I know that sounds really cliche and, you know, kind of coach speak, but uh, Utah State's been a really good program. You know, I mean, they're pumping out NFL guys. Um, and then Utah is annually toward the top of, of their division in the pack. I, I could not respect Kyle Whittingham and what he does and what he's done with Utah anymore. I mean, when the Utes joined the pack from the Mountain West years ago, I think there was some there was some questions as to how that would work for both TCU and the Big 12 and Utah and the Pac-12. I mean, the Utes have been one of the top teams in the league. They've been, they've been a machine pumping out pros on defense, and Tyler Huntley's in the NFL, uh, Zach Moss is in the NFL, uh, the, the Utah Ute program has been phenomenal and consistently phenomenal. So that's a really hard game. The Cougs and Utes have played classics against each other, and, and I'm really excited for, for that ball game. All right, Matt, look, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Great season in front. Okay, guys, you bet. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, All right, Matt, Matt Chesnow, play-by-play voice of the Cougars up in Pullman. They are running the cycle here in Utah. Yeah. All three teams. So um, I think that's going to be. And what will their record be against those uh, three teams? You think it'll be it'll be one and two. Yeah. BYU and Utah get them. I just think that Blake Anderson's crew is too disheveled right now. I think it's a, 
it could be a good. It really could be a good football team, but bringing that many transfer pieces and trying to put it all together with a new staff and doing it quickly, I think that's going to be pretty difficult. All right, Hans Olsen is with us today. We're going to break down uh, the talent level of the Utes and maybe get to that BYU defense as well. Hans has been studying all this stuff, and we'll look forward to what he has to say about those teams coming up next on The Big Show. We've got Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic uh, with us today as well on The Big Show all day long. And look, it's not if you're struggling with ED, you don't need to be embarrassed about it. They can help you at Wasatch Medical Clinic and do so very discreetly. And Andrew's here to talk about it. Hey, Andrew, what's going on? Hey, that's right. We can certainly help. And there really is no reason to be uh, embarrassed about erectile dysfunction. Uh, You come into the clinic and you'll probably realize you're more normal than you think. The worst thing you can do is ignore the problem. I read that two thirds, 70% of men with erectile dysfunction do not seek any type of treatment. Uh, That's a disaster, I think. Two thirds of men that kind of just have accepted the new normal of less frequency in the bedroom. It's really easy to do. Uh, when you've been married a few years, kids are in the picture, all that stuff. You add in ED and it doesn't help. Our wave technology is clinically proven to open up and regrow the blood vessels, get guys off of the pill, and get them back to normal in the bedroom. We wouldn't do that if we, like, uh, broke our ankle or something. We wouldn't just be like, oh, guess is the new normal, Andrew. Uh, what, what is the? How do you make this uh, stigma go away? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I think men are just a little bit embarrassed. Here's what I would say. What would your relationship look like two to three weeks from now if the ED no longer existed? That's a pretty short window when you kind of think about the big picture or if you didn't have to go buy pills for the rest of your life. Two to three weeks. We can do anything for two to three weeks, guys. Yeah, we've done worse over the last two years for two to three weeks, that's for sure. 801-901-8000, Andrew. And if they call uh, today, they get a whole bunch of stuff for free. Uh, Yes, that's right. Um, You'll have the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with our doctor for free. Uh, You can leave your wallet at home, by the way. There is zero obligation to this. And worst case, you'll get some good information. Plus that gift, it produces immediate and powerful results in the bedroom. You'll love it. It's all no charge. No more pills. 801-901-8000. That's Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. More of the Big Show up next. You'll hear from Kalani Sitake, and we'll get Hans Olsen's thoughts on BYU football here on the Big Show. This is DJ and PK. Matt Brown joining us now, covering college football nationally for Extra Points Newsletter and Podcast. Do you buy the Pac-12 going to 14 teams? Do you think K-State and Oklahoma State would happen? And if so, is the Big Ten adding Kansas and somebody, maybe West Virginia, maybe somebody else? No, 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 no. Institutional fit matters much more in conference realignment than a lot of sports writers give it credit for. In the Pac-12, that means, generally, you are a state-sponsored large research institution that's good at multiple sports. That's not Kansas State. That's not Texas Tech. That's not Oklahoma State. And none of them are good enough at sports to overcome that by themselves. There's really not a good option for the Pac-12 to add another team that will appease all of those presidents, whether that's in the Big 12 leftovers, whether that's an independent, whether that's a team in China. That team just doesn't exist right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. BYU takes on the University of Arizona a week from this Saturday. They are replacing Zach Wilson, who, as you know, went number two overall to the New York Jets. At quarterback, who's it going to be? A-Rod gives the answer. Jaron Hall is going to start against Arizona. He's had a great camp, and he earned the job. The other guys have played well, and it was a great battle. I've, I've never gone that far into camp, giving everybody equal reps, but I felt like it was warranted in this case, and we did more team 11-on-11 reps than I've ever done in my career. Jaron earned the job. I told the QBs yesterday, you know, well, actually, we talked about it a week ago. They've sort of known how this was shaping up. This isn't my decision. This was decided on the field by their play. Jaron deserves this opportunity. Still believe in those other guys, but I'm really excited. Excited to see Jaron play against Arizona. Stay tuned here on The Zone, your best spot for your local college football news, including that with BYU. By the way, get ready for the upcoming jazz season at the Jazz Team Store end of summer sale. That's coming up tomorrow through the 28th Saturday at Vivint Arena. Get great deals on the latest jazz gear. That's the Jazz Team Store at Vivint Arena. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Look at the stars, look how they shine it is the big show. Hans Olsen sitting in today. Hans, appreciate that. And I want to get your thoughts after we uh, play some sound from Kalani Sataki from today, I want to get your reaction to what he says. And uh, do we have the part in there where he was getting a little salty? Uh, it's in there, yeah. He's been salty all camp, but <laughs> he took it to another level today. I, there are some reporters that cover BYU that I wonder if they start to wonder if Kalani likes them at all. I don't know. Well, I mean, look, I've known Kalani for a couple of decades and Hans, I know you were teammates with him and so we we know the guy. Well, let's give it a listen and then uh, we'll make comment on what he had to say. Hey, Kalani, was there a uh, one deciding factor that Jaron showed in camp that uh, gave him this opportunity? Uh, just It's decided on the field. That's, that's every position here. So, um, you know, I think uh, competition just gets the best out of all the guys and really, really happy with what I saw from all three of those quarterbacks. I think they elevated their game. All three of them did individually and, and uh, made our team a lot better. So, uh, you know, we just felt like the, that was the best. Uh, it was evident that that was the best move for us going forward. And, and um, But not to take anything away from the improvement and the great things that we saw from, from Baylor and from Jacob. Hey, Trevor, and then Jake. Hey, Kalani, to follow up on that, what do you feel Jaron did throughout camp to separate himself from Baylor and Jacob during this process? Making plays consistently. I mean, everyone had had their moments. And then, you know, when you're going against in a time where, where they know there's a competition, I think it's where uh, a lot of them can be conservative. I saw all three of them being really aggressive, uh, trying to take the spot. 
and um, you saw a lot of success. But, um, you know, especially for me defensively, I, I didn't like seeing the quarterback do so well often with all three of them. But um, it was it was good work for all of us. We, we made an agreement as a staff to to try to get as much 11 on 11 football out there and, and try to decide who our starting quarterback will be in, in a situation where you're playing real football and not doing it completely on Skelly. Kalani, a little bit of a two-parter here, but who had the final say on naming Jaron as the starter, and how much insight did you lend to a guy like Aaron Roderick during this? Well, the final say is the field. The field has the final say, and and um, A-Rod's very capable of making every decision that's right for the offense. I'm always going to support them, but we have great line of communication from all of our staff and from our players. So we we communicate really well with, with the whole program. But um, I want to make sure that everybody understands that the positions are won on the field. That's that's where they are, and they're also lost on the field. So there's this uh, race to improve and get better every week, get better every day that we're on the field, and that's just not limited to quarterback. Every position's up up for grabs. Uh, Jay and then Sean. Yeah, Kalani, I, I hate the term giving a guy a long leash. It just sounds weird. But uh, will will Jaron be given, you know, multiple games? And uh, or will you be because you got other capable guys? Will you be maybe have a quick hook? I, I think if he just does what we we expect him to do, we'll be fine. And then we we work on the team dynamic and have have the team get some success on offense. Uh, if he's doing what we've seen all camp, I mean, all three guys are capable of doing that, but I don't want uh, a player looking over their shoulder. If he just comes to work and does what he's capable of doing, he'll be fine. That, that's the, that's that's how we, we operate. But part of, of doing your job is knowing that there's others that are hungry, chomping at, at the opportunity to get, get that, that, that spot where they can, they can show themselves and, and get, get an opportunity to play. So um, that, that's the pressure of being a division one athlete, especially being the quarterback at BYU. Kalani, this actually kind of flows right into, into that. What, what was kind of the reaction from uh, Baylor and Jacob when they heard the news. I mean, A-Rod said that, that they've sort of had a little bit of an understanding of this for about a week, um, and and it everything kind of solidified in the past seven or eight days or so. Um, but how did how did they kind of react, I guess, publicly from your vantage point to, to the overall depth chart? Yeah, with class. Those guys are, are great young men uh, with great character, and so – they, they were classy. And, and, you know, when, when we kind of told them the breakdown of how we were seeing it, it was all an opportunity for them to change our minds. We were giving them an, another, you know, a few practices to change our minds. And then they, they made a really good case for themselves. But, you know, when handling uh, uh, this type of situations, I thought they handled it like, like, uh, mature adults, and, and I was really proud of the way they handled it. They're, they're a team guy. They're, they're guys that are about the team first, and so they understand and they, they, they know their role now. Is that we're relying on them to be their best self for our for our team to be as good as we possibly can, and so we're going to need both those guys. Um, and it's not just on the field. We're going to need them off the field, their leadership, their style, their, their the, and the way they've handled themselves so far has been amazing. What about the depth chart? Are you going to be publishing that? today or yeah yeah the official monday. depth chart will come out on monday like we normally uh, okay. do on the, on the weekend i mean 
you guys are smart people. You guys can figure out who the guys are that probably be in the mix. Look at <laughs> last year's games and and the newcomers, and then that's the fun in all of it, right? But I think we're we're gonna do just operate like how we normally do, which will be on Monday, and then uh, we'll go from there. So. Sorry, Jay. I know you guys are on all the answers now, but uh, right now in, in the, this short few minutes, we went from naming a quarterback to you guys asking me how long the leash was and everything. So, uh, you know, we're always going to try to accommodate you guys. So, the, But the depth chart will have to wait officially till Monday. Okay, there it is. Kalani Sataki uh, talking. <laughs> so, uh, Hans, uh, what do you think about what Kalani said? Well, he did get a little spicy there at the back end. Um, you know, I've talked to him about media members, like all the media members. I'm, I'm pretty close to Kalani. Played three years with him, and I've stayed close with him over the years. And it's always been a really interesting dynamic with me being on air and have to having to really express my opinion. And I've had to call him out and call his staff out multiple times. You know that. And I've had... A lot of comment or a lot of conversations with Kalani about media members across the state. Everyone by name, we've talked about. You went down the list, gone through the list, and I can tell I can tell you with an with honest eyes, I can tell you that every single person that we talked about, it either came down to, oh, uh, yeah, I really genuinely like the guy, or that guy's just doing his job. But it was never a that guy's worthless. He's a bum. He's he wants to attack me. I don't like the way he does his business. It was uh, he's just doing his job. So I want people to understand that's that's the way Kalani looks at every business from janitorial services to a long snapper to Jay Drew and anybody else that's with the Tribune or Des News or twelve eighty the Zone. That's just how he looks at us. And, you know, I always, you know, I put out those video reviews mm-hmm. and I always worry when I do those video reviews, like, number one, am I getting this right? And number two, I hope that this doesn't come across the wrong way. And every once in a while, I'll get a call sometimes from him, sometimes most times not from him. And it's, hey, you missed on this one. And I can I can correct those things, but I he genuinely does respect everybody in their occupation. And that's the word right there, respect. Yeah. Because because you're honest, Hans, with your approach, he respects that. I yep. guarantee you exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. And if you were sitting there being a cheerleader, picking up the pom poms and doing all of that, you're not gonna respect that. He might he might like it, but he doesn't respect that. No. And there are people like that. Too. There are, sure. There are. It's you know, there 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 are certain bloggers that have credentials and they're just fans that are out there trying to be more closer to the program. And he knows that. But you're right, Gordon. He does. He respects honesty. And we miss, even me, where as deep an analyst as I can be, and as many years as I played the game and on both sides of the ball, I still miss. You can't hit every call. Coaches you, miss sometimes, too. Coaches miss, and they know that. They miss. You know, there are a lot of times, Gordon, where you, me, Austin, we'll, we'll slam at the TV or it, even if it's a team we don't care about, we're just watching a football game and it's like, why on a third and 12 would you run a draw? Now, sometimes there's reasoning to it. Norm Chow did it every once in a while. Yeah, did. <laughs> it, it's third and 12 and you ran a draw, man. You're trying to come back. What? You're down by seven and you're running a draw. 
And I, I do believe that some coaches, if they were honestly questioned, they were like, yeah, I missed. I missed. And the point is, we bring up Norm Chow. Norm knows he has volumes in his <laughs> yeah. mind about football. But that doesn't mean he's always right. Exactly. I think of another former BYU offensive coordinator. Magic uh, happens. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What's, what's the purpose Was he repeating question? Austin? Uh, no, he wasn't, but it sounds very similar, doesn't Doctor it? Doctor uh, happens. <laughs> Magic happens. Why did you ask that question? <laughs> Do you remember what he said? What's I don't, the purpose of your question? What's the pur- I don't know. I just saw they tick you off. Uh, I'm actually a fan of Dr. Nye, man. Um, I've had some surly bump-ins with Dr. Nye. There, were, there was one time where... There was a, you know, our, our deal is will over skill. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time there was, and this goes back years, maybe eight, nine, ten years before he left and then came back. Huh. And I ran into him in the football offices and back kind of back behind the scenes of the football offices. And he goes, oh, because there was an announcement earlier that day. Oh, interesting seeing you here at this moment. And I was like, hey, I played here, man. I don't need to. I don't need your permission <laughs> to come back here and talk to my teammates. What's the purpose of your question? <laughs> I I actually I love Robert and I. Why yeah. do you want to? Yeah, know? even when he chewed me out, I was always like, "All right, Doctor and I, all you are is a former player that's coaching, man. All I am is a former player that's talking about football. Let's just understand that." I hope that, that helps. Not really. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> Who was that? Austin? Yeah, that's 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 edited. Uh, okay. No, it's not. Uh, and then that guy probably Ready break. ate his dinner through a straw for <laughs> a few weeks. What's uh, what was the deal with the whole getting down in the stance before the offense comes on the field? What, I mean, what? yeah, they, they wanted everybody on the same page. They wanted the cadence of everybody being on the same page. What do you think of that, though, Hans? Did that as a former football player? Absurd. Yeah, ridiculous. It looks kind of funny. It looks uh, I like could, I could never work. stand it. But here's the, this is the bottom line with Bronco Mendenhall. He figures out a way to win. And if I have to line up on a sideline and hit Cadence to run out to my formation, I, and, and somehow that equates to winning, I'll do it. I just want to win. But it better equate to winning and not just me looking like a dork. <laughs> I remember when he was defensive coordinator down there. After he came from New Mexico, and he would show up at practice uh, in uh, during uh, early spring, and it would be, uh, you know, BYU had their spring practices early. It was like March, and he'd show up in shorts and a t-shirt, and it's twenty-eight degrees outside. Tough guy, man. Tough guy. And and, it, and by the way, it always looked like his lips went through the Antarctic through you know two <laughs> two summers and two winters without protection. His lips. Looked like they were screaming for help. <laughs> you mean like chapstick? Oh, his, more? his lips looked like a, a snake in mid. <laughs> what, when did they shed? Like mid August? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just remember. And I remember I mentioned it to him once. I'm like, hey, do you, you want some chapstick? Do you need some chapstick? <laughs> and he just looked at me, blank stare. The thing I liked Why about, do you want to know? The thing I liked about Bronco was that if you asked him a tough question, he would actually relish it. Yeah. You know, because he he but, wanted the, that challenge. At least he did sometimes. But if there that, are certain people who ask questions, sometimes you get ticked off. If that question had any level of stupidity, he would throw stupidity right back at you. That's enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> he sure I, is. I got to tell you, though, man, and I know a lot of people are like, Hitch didn't like Bronco. There were some things I didn't like because I always felt like Bronco was somebody was being somebody who he wasn't. Uh-huh. You know, but he had to do that to be the head coach at BYU. Yeah. So I, I kind of understand that to a large degree. He had the to change. The level of criticism usually matches the level of education. <laughs> he had to change That's who he was uh, f- to be the head coach there. So yeah. I kind of understand that. But there were a lot of things I, I really respected about Bronco. I really respected I mean, there were some practice styles I didn't like. You know, I was sitting there with an NFL scout once. This is when they had Ray Finga and Matt Reynolds and, oh, man, who was the center? It was a really good center. And they had this offensive line unit that was just awesome. Every one of them should have been drafted. None of them were drafted. And I was standing with a scout that had recruited me in college that I'd known for years, and an NFL scout. And he turned to me after about 30 minutes of practice without pads on on a, on a day that should be pads, and he said, is this every day? And I said, every day that I've seen. And they, they couldn't get an evaluation on, on the linemen. Yeah. And by the way, that was a good group of offensive line that, that just – for one reason or the other, never got the draft. But there were so many things I love to respect. His defensive game plans were so intricate, weren't they? Well, it's interesting Just that fueled his three three five, which he lifted off of some folks in New Mexico and whatnot. But people used to make fun of that, and now it's quite common in college football. It is because of the way the offenses run, the spread offense and whatnot. Yeah, not three three five. I mean, Utah I guess does a four two five, but there's a lot of schools that are doing three three five now. And back then, it was kind of what's this weird thing yep. all about? Well, when you put you know Vernon Davis like tight ends on a football field, you've got got to have a specialist, a nickel and a dime package that you can match up with these tight ends that are built like tight ends but run routes like the receivers. And his packages put that together. And then the, the thing I loved about it was the intricacies of the, the blitz, you know, from Kyle Van Oyd to David Nixon to Brian Kiel to, and, and the way he would utilize those talents in blitz to Andrew Rich if you're working through safeties. Those guys were so good and so unpredictable with some of the firings of the outside blitz. And just as an offensive lineman, I remember sitting back and watching it like, I'm so glad I don't have to set a pocket against that crap. <laughs> Tricky stuff. All right, we'll get more into it. David James coming up just after 4 o'clock. We'll have sound from Kyle Whittingham at 4.30. And David Locke at 5 o'clock, uh, Hans. So uh, stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon. On your home of the... The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
The Utes are going with Charlie Brewer at quarterback. Well, don't ask them, but uh, ask us and everyone else. It's Charlie Brewer, but he's not captain. Cam Rising was named captain. Kyle Whittingham explained what he tells his guys when picking captains. It's not uncharted territory if that's the way it goes down, but told the team, hey, we don't vote for the, the funniest guy or the, you know, the guy that's your friend, and you vote for the best leaders, and I think that's what they did. I know that's what they did. Hanson Scotty live at the warehouse this Friday from 10 to 2, 1825 South, 300 West, here on the, uh, on the Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hans, what do you got over there? Well, it's the TridayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. It is your Triday Trading Market Report. Yes, it is, and I give this every day on the show at this time. The Dow was up just shy of 40 points today. The NASDAQ was up 22 points, and the S&P up just a smidge short of 10 points. Where were we with Doge today, buddy? I don't yeah. have that information. Is it down today? Uh, <laughs> Scotty is in the studio, and Scotty's bumming over there. Uh, no, don't. We don't need to play us out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Austin's really bad because we keep. Hans uh, keeps telling these great stories, and we keep going long. I uh, know it's not even my fault. It's, it's 3:52. Let's start the segment. So, uh, Scotty, kind of give us a breakdown <laughs> of Utah State football. <laughs> uh oh, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, should we just bring Andrew in? Yeah, Andrew's better than any of us at this. So let's talk to Andrew. Andrew, Wasatch Medical Clinic. How are you, buddy? Thanks for joining us. What's going on? What can you do for our listeners today? Well, we can help listeners if there's any amount of frustration in the bedroom, and uh, I'm discovering there's a lot of frustration in the bedroom out there. If you're suffering, it could be really mild erectile dysfunction or severe, or maybe just the frequency isn't what you want it to be. That's what our wave technology does. We kind of pioneered this. It's backed by now 50 clinical studies showing it's safe and effective at opening up and regrowing blood vessels. If you think about what we do in the gym with a muscle, we kind of break it down, build it up stronger. Even though you don't feel it, that's what the technology does to the blood vessels. The end result, more blood flow in the bedroom, where you want it, when you want it. There are no pills or chemicals involved. And uh, this isn't as rare as people might think, but the people that come in and get and do something about it, you told me a number earlier that was astounding. How often do people actually take care of their business here? Well, uh, I have heard that two-thirds of men are 70% of men with erectile dysfunction do nothing about it. That includes the pill. I think it's you know no treatment at all. Uh, they kind of accept it as the new normal. Um, they and their significant other just kind of say, I guess that phase of life is over. It doesn't have to be that way. And you see guys uh, across all age groups, don't you? We certainly do. Guys in their 20s and 30s every week. Uh, we've seen guys in that age group this week. We've seen men in their 80s and 90s this week severe illnesses also every kind of health condition you can imagine uh and this is so targeted so proven that pending the doctor assessment it can work for just about anybody and improve blood flow 
And if uh, getting things taken care of for your relationship isn't enough motivation, you've got a real low price tag on this assessment. Yes, we do. It is zero. The assessment, exam, and blood flow ultrasound with our MD is free. You can ask all the questions you probably wanted to ask somebody, and you can just take the free if you'd like. There's no obligation. You'll get the very popular gift. I don't think I've ever seen it fail. It produces pretty immediate results in the bedroom. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000 for Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, we'll check back in with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 801-901-8000. David DJ James is up next here on The Big Show.